Welcome to D-List of the Podcast. I'm Michael Kang. And I'm Allison. Happy New Year. Happy 2021. Yes. How is the first days of your 2021 going, Allison? They've been like good and bad, like a mix of good and bad. Like Bad? Well, here's why. Well, like when I say bad, I don't mean bad. Like that makes it sound like something really awful happened. And when I say bad, I mean like I eat too eh, much. Like meh? Well, more than meh. I ate too much cheese before New Year's. Um, so like I celebrated. <laughs> I celebrated so you're like, New listen, Year's. I haven't shit since 2020. <laughs> Yeah, what's what's shitting? I left her last year. Yeah, no, I like celebrated New Year's and then I celebrated New Year's Eve Eve and then New Year's Eve Eve Eve. Basically, I've just been eating cheese since like December 23rd and I kind of continued it into New Year's as well. Like I was eating a lot of fro- those like frozen appetizers because I was like, ooh, it's time to celebrate. And yeah. um, my stomach like hates me right now. So it's been it's been good and then just bad in the way that like if I get up off the couch too fast, I get dizzy. Because of the cheese? All you the overdosed th- on cheese? Yeah, the cheese and the frozen appetizers. <laughs> but it was a really spectacular party for like four days around here. That's a good thing to overdose on, so Yeah, it's nice. Cheese. How's how's your twenty twenty one been so far? The same. Sadly, like I didn't wake up on January first and everything was magically wonderful. No. But, yeah. It's the same. So far. Yeah. But isn't that's kind of good in a way though, isn't it? Well, it's only what today January 5th. It's only 5 days. The year is very 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 young. Anything it, can happen. It can only go up from here. I'm just trying to put Or that. down. <laughs> I'm trying to put that I'm trying to put yeah. good energy out in the universe, Michael. <laughs> so, we're going to get right into the Ilaria Baldwin saga which broke on twitter at the beginning of the holiday break Mm -hmm. and everyone ate it up because well she's easy to hate on and everyone was bored at home so they ate this up also michael just really quick before we go any further what do you think our listeners would have done if we had just led in with something not hilaria baldwin i mean i was tempted (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I got we got emails like do an emergency yes you know nine one one episode mm-hmm. and I was like for Hilaria Baldwin really Allison is gonna pull her cheese filled body off the sofa I for was like Hilaria yeah, Baldwin I was like listen I'm in no condition to talk right now I can barely see straight I've got cheese just from my neck to my toes yeah you're just burping up cheese bubbles yeah so, I yeah, was like give me a week <laughs> it wasn't the time but now is so. Mm-hmm. A Twitter user named Lenny Briscoe did a long thread on how Hilaria Baldwin has been grifting everyone and pretending to be a Spanish woman for years. And when I first saw this thread, I kind of shrugged because I had heard some, you know, uh, you know, some, some like kind of about this for a while. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know went this deep. But people like on message boards like DC Urban Mom and Lipstick Alley, and even in the comments at Delisted, whenever we would do a post on Hilaria Baldwin, have brought up how Hilaria fakes her Spanish accent and pretends like she's a Spanish person. But when it got to Twitter, it blew up. So Hilaria Baldwin, if you don't know, which I'm sure you do know, is Alec Baldwin's wife of eight years, I think. Yeah, about that, almost 10 or something. Yeah, they have five children. All her children have um, Latin-sounding names like Carmen, Rafael, Eduardo, even their dog. Their what's dogs the, have Spanish names. One is name? named um, Gitania. Okay. So, and many have always been annoyed by Hilaria because she's like a mommy influencer. She's really into yoga. You know, she's all into like post baby body and shit yeah. like that. So she's an easy target. And so people were ready for this Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. People had their arms open. They were like, Santa shove this in my stocking as fast as you can. Yeah. Like I've been waiting for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so the facts, the facts are that Hilaria Baldwin is white and was born in Massachusetts. And her born name is Hillary Lynn Hayward Thomas. 
Her parents, Dr. Catherine Hayward and David Thomas, are both American and not of Spanish descent. But her father did get his undergraduate degree in Spanish literature. Now, her parents moved to Mallorca full time in 2011. So Hilaria isn't Spanish at all. And I don't think she is because if she like if she had like point zero 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 one percent Spanish blood like on her twenty three and Me results, mm-hmm. she she would have shown that she would have been like chupa mi verga, I'm Spanish, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> she would have shown us the proof. Yeah, it's true. It, that would have been the proof that came out over and over and over again. Yeah, just. It would have like been fall- every Instagram story. Yeah. And like falls out of her wallet when she goes to get Starbucks. Like, oh, whoops, there's my 23andMe results folded up in my wallet. <laughs> What's that doing there? Yeah, it would be her Instagram profile pic. But mm-hmm. um, when H- Hilaria got with Alec and people started writing about her, the article said that she's bilingual and was raised in Boston and Spain. And Hilaria would tell people on Twitter that she was born in Boston and spent a lot of her childhood and in Spain. And she also wrote tweets and Instagram captions in Spanish. So I'm just going to go over a few things, aka mm-hmm. a million things. Yeah, settle that, in everyone. <laughs> that make people feel like Hilaria was pretending to be a, you know, a immigrant from Spain, like yes. a Spanish woman. So in 2012, she was on Good Morning America and spoke with a fake accent. That morning, I went to Physique 57, and the entire morning, I was just walking around, and before I knew that all the photographers were going to be out, and everybody's saying to me, they're like, why are you so calm? Why are you so calm? And I said, what, if, what is there to be nervous about? What is going to go wrong? Uh-huh. And they said, normally, brides are not so... Uh, That's a good sign, my friend. It was a good sign. So the the dance, it was it was fantastic. Quickly. It was very relaxing. To me, that accent is like just from what this is my perception of it. This is not. I'm not saying this is what she was doing. It felt a little bit Gloria from Modern Family. Not not fully. It had like a taste of it. Yeah. It was just. It was like a little bit of it, and I yeah. was like, oh, there, That's, yeah, there was yeah. an accent. So mm-hmm. Hilaria. Uh, told People Magazine that for her wedding, she wore a Spanish veil because she wanted to bring a piece of her culture to the wedding. She also told Vanity Fair España that her family couldn't pronounce her new last name of Baldwin. Again, her immediate family, they're all fluent English speakers. A year later, Alec Baldwin was on The Late Show with David Letterman and said that his wife is from Spain. So in 2013, Latina Magazine named Hilaria one of the best-dressed Latina stars of the week, and she thanked them on Twitter. And by the way, Spanish women are not considered Latina, and Mm -hmm. Hilaria Baldwin is definitely not Latina. Latina Magazine also interviewed her a few years later and called her a Spanish-American. So Hello Magazine did a profile on Hilaria in 2014 and called her a Spanish-born beauty. They haven't changed it yet either. It's still up. They, mm. That article calling her a Spanish-born beauty. They're like, they're like, we need to see the 23andMe results until we go in and change anything. Hilaria also does like public speaking engagement. So she's got an agent for that. And in her bio on her agent site, it said that she was born in Mallorca and raised in Boston. That has been taken down. In 2016, Ola Magazine said she was born in Spain and that Spanish is her native language, and that she refers to her children as the Baldwinitos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in a podcast episode in 2020, so just last year, mm-hmm. she said she moved to New York City at 19 to go to NYU. And when one of the podcast hosts asked her where she moved from, she kind of like says from, and she says stops. Like she only says that her family lives in Mallorca. And that she thinks of moving back to Spain all the time. And that she doesn't know much about American pop culture. So she didn't know how famous Alex, Alec was when she met. And so you and moved one here chair. with your parents? No, no, no. I moved here when I was 19 to go to NYU. Ah. And from? from my family lives in Spain. They live in Mallorca. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that would make sense. You wouldn't know the pop culture I, of... Uh, well, I, know, I, knew no, I know no pop culture anywhere. Now I'm better. But I knew no, no pop culture. Oh my god. Okay, that is like, I can't remember which queen from Drag Queen or from Drag Race said that when they were like, 
well, where where I grew up, we didn't have like Britney Spears and Mariah Carey. It's like, no, they're everywhere. Like everyone knows who Alec Baldwin is. Well, she didn't say she didn't know him. She didn't know how famous he was. That's oh, right. Because right. she doesn't know a lot of American pop culture. That's mm-hmm. what she said. So there's also a video clip on inst- on her Instagram from last uh, from 2019, where she's teaching her daughter about racism. And they're watching a clip of Martin Luther King Jr. talking, and she puts her hand, which is tanned, hilarious hand is tanned, next to her daughter's hand and asks her daughter, who is darker? And her daughter says she is, like hilarious darker. And and hilarious says that there's some people who judge someone based on their skin color. So that was that. And on her own podcast in November, she said that she loved the Spanish brand Zara before she got to this country, meaning America. It's like uh, Hilaria was in America before Zara was in America. Yeah, exactly. But the star of this whole caca show is a clip from the Today Show from 2015, where Hilaria is doing a cooking segment as part of the uh, People in Espanol Festival. And she's making gazpacho. And while talking about the ingredients, she points to a cucumber and says, how do you say in English? She's meant to say English, but she actually like stops herself. We have tomatoes. We have, um, how do you say in English? Cucumber? Cucumbers. So after that Twitter thread went viral, people from her past popped up saying, you know, they knew her as Hillary, the American girl. Mm-hmm. And Hillary, Hillary also used to do uh, Latin ballroom dancing mm-hmm. and her ex-partner said that she always wanted to be Spanish yeah and I will say this about all the people that were popping up from her past like one thing that I saw on Twitter was a whole bunch of people saying like I went to high school with you know Hillary Hayward Thomas and stuff they always said the same thing they're like Hillary was a really nice person and like a totally normal nice person she's uh, just I not- saw some opposites <laughs> <laughs> okay well, I I only saw the ones that said she was nice. But the point is, they were saying, like, I don't have beef with her. She was really nice. She was a nice person in high school. But she's, like, not a Spanish woman. She's a totally... She's a white girl. Um. Also, I love when she... Like, I, I really like that part that comes back up that's, like, she wanted to bring some of her Spanish... Or, excuse me, she wanted to bring some of her culture into her wedding, which is why she wore a Spanish veil. But now we're learning that if she really wanted to bring some of her culture into her wedding, she would have shown up with an extra large uh, iced coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, or Ben Affleck. Either or, either or. Yeah, it's that's the most common accessory for a Boston girl's wedding. Yeah, so um, Hilaria res- first responded to this in an Instagram video on December 27th. She said that she is a white girl. She never said that she was born in Spain, even though many media outlets said she was and she would correct people whenever they said she was born in Spain. She said she grew up learning both Spanish and English, and she tries very hard to clearly speak both languages, but sometimes like messes up. And she says that her birth name is Hillary, but that her family calls her Iladia, so that's much natural to her. Um, so Alec Baldwin, as we know, um gets very mad when he's been slighted or uh not even slighted just just for the shit of it <laughs> he gets the, mad yeah, the wind can whisper at him the wrong way and yeah. he will fly off the handle yeah so, he's old man yells at cloud on steroids yeah he, but he's like also just like old man yells at rainbow like he's he'll get mad at anything so he's actually very very mad about everybody exposing hilaria except in the energy that alec is putting out is that People aren't exposing her. They're lying about her. So on the same day that Hilaria um, came clean and was like, my name is Hillary. I was born in Boston. All that stuff. He posts this video that looks like it was recorded from inside his den. And it's very like, dad is disappointed in you. Like he's very, you can see like in his eyes, he's very upset. So he posted it to Twitter and to Instagram. And it's kind of a little bit rambling. It's like he could have just recorded a 60 second clip being like, you guys are being mean to my wife. Knock it off. I hate all you people. He didn't do that. It was like eight minutes long. Yeah, and he so needed an editor. He really could have benefited greatly from one. Uh, one of the kids, he's got five kids. One of them should have been able to step in and edit that video. 
One of the Baldonitos. Anyways, they didn't. They clearly had better things to do. So he began by calling social media evil. And that, um, like, he was kind of saying, like, social media was, uh, it's, like, created to be evil. And it's, like, an awful place and all this stuff. Which, like, listen, I don't disagree. Twitter can be pretty bad on a good day. But what he's getting at is he was kind of saying, like, People can go on Twitter or Instagram. They can say whatever they want without consequence. So he he never mentions Hilaria by name. He just kind of refers to her as the person that he loves. Um, and he said that he had to defend her from the venom and the hate that was being directed towards his wife. And so one thing he also kept saying over and over again was consider the source. He, you know, it felt like his hashtag moment that never really caught on. Um, so I think that what he was trying to imply there was that I believe that Alec Baldwin thinks that all of the stuff leaked about Hilaria and all of the like um, accusations and stuff were coming from TMZ or Page Six. Like I think he mentioned TMZ as well. Yeah. Um, and so, which I don't even know if they covered this. I mean, I think they covered it like a day later. Like after and all not the like, deep. yeah. No, they weren't like exposing. It's not like TMZ had been building. They this didn't break case this. On, yeah. No, 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 no. I, I think they probably didn't even care. They were just like, oh, what's happening on Twitter? Pardon me. Excuse me. Page six is like, oh, Hilaria Baldwin did what now? Oh no, page six. They ran with it. Page they six like... was really excited. Page six brought up all the like old videos and stuff. They're like, here's another one. Here's another one. Here's Alec Baldwin on Letterman. Here's Hilaria Baldwin on the Today Show. Yeah, they were they were on top of it. But they didn't break it. And the thing is, too, like, Alec Baldwin was also sort of, like, he was kind of making it seem like, um, you know, the, in his mind, it was like, people are lying about Hilaria, about his wife. And nobody is checking them. Nobody's saying, like, oh, but this might not be true. Like, why are you ganging up on this person and making up these lies? Because it's like, well, it wasn't lies. She, like, said my name isn't Hilaria. I was born in Boston. Like, it, it's not like it was a lie that, you know, it wasn't the, like, Richard Gere gerbil story. Yeah. You know, like, this is, like, the person admitted, like, yes, I wasn't being truthful with people. Anyways. Well, she didn't say, like, Excuse I wasn't me. being truthful. She, she was, like, just she was, was like, yeah, I, you know, I wasn't born in Spain but this explains these this explains this moment and this moment i think that i yeah i wouldn't say that she was lying i would say that she was like doing a paso doble dance around the truth yeah like it was just very everything was kind of murky and everything was sort of like left to interpretation but she was definitely doing things that would make you believe perhaps that she was a spanish woman anyways so the point that I'm trying to get at here is Alec was still convinced that like people were making up lies about his wife. So after he posted those videos where he asked us to consider the source, um, he then went on Instagram and he posted this um, quote from Mark Twain that said, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is putting its shoes on. A very good quote. But I mean, it doesn't really apply here because I mean, a lie can travel halfway around the world. Technically, the lie started in Boston and went to Spain and came back again. Um, So and then people started kind of calling him out and being like, you know, your wife has kind of admitted sort of where things got murky. Like she's, you know, she doesn't like denied this or whatever. And he would reply like, go fuck yourself, which is very... The very on brand, yeah. Yes. So that was a huge mess. Like Alec Baldwin getting involved made a messy situation so much messier. If he'd stayed out of this, I think we probably wouldn't have... I think we would have been done with it in, like, 24 hours. Well, even if she... I was like, she should just ignore this. Yeah. She, but her speaking and him speaking makes it 10 times worse. I know. I wanted somebody it to... It, like, the, blows it up more. Yeah. I want someone to cut the Wi-Fi in their house. I'm like, yeah. no. These people shouldn't be on the internet right yeah, now. step away. Yeah. So, Hilaria did end up tr- doing, like, some sort of... Um, I don't want to say damage control. Like, spin... I guess is the word. Anyways, it makes me think of the spin doctors, which have nothing to do with the story. But so she spoke to the New York Times, right? And they did, they like kind of did an interview with her to sort of clear the air and be like, we want you to tell your story, right? Yeah. Which should have been honestly like a home run. It should have been the easiest thing for her to do because she could have said it and just walked away and been like, 
now we're done with it. Let's move on with it. But what actually happened is she didn't really answer any questions. She just sort of made things even more vague. So Yeah, it didn't make sense. No. So the one thing she says is she said, the things I have shared about myself are very clear. I was born in Boston. I spent time in Boston and in Spain. My family now lives in Spain. I moved to New York when I was 19 years old, and I've lived here ever since. For me, I feel like I've spent 10 years sharing that story over and over again, and now it seems like it's not enough. Which I will say, like, all the facts that she states there, those are facts. She's not lying about it. But then when she says, like, I spent time in Boston and Spain, that's kind of where the New York Times was like, can you elaborate on that? Like, would you say it was 50-50? Was it 98-2%? Like, can you give us a number? And she didn't. Um, she, she didn't want to say, like, she's like, I shouldn't have to defend myself. I shouldn't have to go back in my history and start counting years and all this stuff. Um, she didn't want to say how frequently she went to Spain or for how long she would only say she went to Spain yearly. Right. Yeah. So again, is that once a year? Were you going to Spain every month? We don't really know. And she would, she said sometimes uh, school was involved and sometimes it was just a vacation. But again, it's like, okay, well, if school is involved, like, did you go to elementary school in Spain? Did you go to high school in Spain? Like, but she didn't want to elaborate. She also did sort of that, um, that she did kind of a cucumber, she had a cucumber moment. Like she was like, she's like, sometimes school is involved when I was in Spain. Sometimes it was just vacation. She said it was a real mix mishmash. Is that the word? And it's like, yes, Hilaria, it's mishmash. You grew up in Boston. You know the word is mishmash. Um, also, so she talked about leaving her parents' names out of her wedding announcement. So when she got married to Alec Baldwin, obviously there was like a big thing about how, you know, it was like blending their two cultures together, how she wanted to like, you know, have Spanish culture involved, how she um, flew 40 uh, members of her family from Spain, right? And, but she didn't, her parents' names weren't involved in the wedding announcement. Well, that's because her parents' names kind of tell more of the truth than she wanted out. And then she also had to um, admit that her family, I'm using air quotes, her family isn't from Spain. So she said, these people who I call my family, I'm learning in this particular situation, I have to say, people who we have considered to be our family. So when she said, like, I we flew 40 of 40 of my family members from Spain. She meant like friends, too. Yeah, 40. Yeah, well, she literally meant like 40 of my friends who live in Spain came to my wedding. Um, and uh, Alex still continues to call people out on Twitter, although he's kind of moved on to calling out donald trump again so yeah it seems and like that he... cucumber thing she explained in that new york times interview yes. that it was a brain fart yeah which I'm gonna, i mean which I'm i can give, see I'm because i do that yeah all of the time like the other day i was writing mm-hmm. about celine dion and i was like is that really her name it didn't yes compute with my mm-hmm. brain that that's how that's her name it was yeah i yeah i'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt like i couldn't remember microphone recently and I described it as the long thing you put in your mouth. Dick. Yeah, but then I was like, but not a dick. <laughs> penis? Not what a penis else? either. You put your mouth around it. No, not a penis. <laughs> anyway, so I understand the cucumber thing, but I also feel though like saying, how do you say it in English is a little bit. You could just be like, oh my God, I'm having a brain fart. What the hell is this like green long thing that you put in your mouth? Shrek's penis. <laughs> The Jolly Green Giant stick. But, like, my take on this whole thing is that, like, this isn't a Rachel Dolezal situation to me. Okay. But I think what happened, like, Hilaria wanted to come off more interesting than she is. And Mm -hmm. she felt like this, like, if she made the Spanish culture part of her brand, it would make her more interesting. Because it seems like, based on what I've read, that it's, she didn't, like heavily lean into like the Spanish culture until a little later in life. Mm -hmm. But I also think she didn't mind like when people thought she was a Spanish woman Mm -hmm. and pushed it a bit because she was very kind of careful with it. Like she never really said like, I was born in Spain. I am a Spanish woman, you know? And yeah, I'm the accent thing is weird because I could see if it was like a Madonna thing where, you know, when Madonna was married to Guy Ritchie, she yep. had a British accent. But, I love that accent. you know, 
Hilaria Baldwin is married to Alec Baldwin, and the only Spanish word he probably knows is puta. So <laughs> it's not like they're all Sp- you know speaking Spanish at home all day, and then you know she picks up an accent. Yeah, that to me, that feels for me, it's more just like cringy because I mean we all kind of know someone who like in high school or in college or you know it kind of happens more when you're young they like go away on a trip you know they go to like you know london for like two weeks and then they come back and then they suddenly have an accent and you know they're starting to use like british phrases and stuff and you're like okay i get it like you are you really enjoyed being there like i i can appreciate that you enjoyed being there but like this isn't these aren't the words you say and this isn't the voice you use yeah it's like when i you know when i grow up there you know i went to school with a lot of cholas mm-hmm. and uh sometimes you know they'd befriend a white girl and the white girl would start to talk like them because she hung around them all the time mhm mhm what's your take i mean i th- i think it would have just been i think it's like very it, to me it is very like girl goes on vacation um and gets really way too into the culture like that's what it feels like to me i i feel like if she had just been if she hadn't done the accent i think it would have been obviously better like don't do the accent but do you know what i'm saying like to me i feel like the accent is the most egregious part of it it's one thing to be like oh people call me hilaria it's like sure girl no one calls you hilaria but if you want to believe that go ahead and if her saying like i love spain so much that i want to like name my kids spanish names sure that's fine you love spain like i appreciate that you like something it's just it's the accent to me that felt a little too also the accent was like all over the place like it was just sort of well it was like high school high school play like high school production of west side story like it was like what accent are you doing it's like yeah i would go I'm just doing out. an accent you know <laughs> so yeah i mean i think she's gonna be fine i think from here on out though she has to decide whether or not she is gonna try to keep the accent though yeah probably not <laughs> maybe I mean, I... but yeah i think like yeah she just said listen I'm an American, you know, born woman, but I love the Spanish culture. I love the food. I love the people. I love the language. You know, I, mm-hmm. you know, I spend a lot of time in Spain. But yeah, the accent thing is kind of what throws things off. Well, because like that's super fake. Like, I don't believe that it's fake that she likes Spain. You know what I mean? Like, she, she likes Spain. That's yeah. fine. I buy that. I mean, it's she not- made it much more complicated than it needed to be. And I think it's because she wanted it like part of her brand because she thought like, this is how I can sell myself. Yeah. You know what? I She she started and ended with Cucumber. Cucumber was like, that's that was her. Um, I'd, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? That was like her mug. Dick? Her- <laughs> the Shrek's dick? Yes. Yep. That was that was her Shrek's dick, that that classic red herring Shrek's Shrek's dick. What's the one? Chekhov's gun. <laughs> Shrek's dick. So now we're gonna move on to a story that's both sad and bizarre. Uh, so Tanya Roberts was a glamour goddess of the '70s and beyond. She was in the final season of Charlie's Angels. She played a Bond girl in A View to a Kill. She was the title role in the cult classic Sheena. She was in The Beastmaster. And she played Donna's mom on that 70s show. So on Sunday, January 3rd, um, everyone from TMZ to CNN to the Associated Press to everyone reported that she had died. Tanya's publicist, Mike Pingle, said that she was out for a walk on Christmas Eve with her dogs, and when she got back home, she collapsed. And she was taken to Cedar sinai uh, which is a hospital in Los Angeles, and was put on a ventilator, but didn't survive. And he said that she didn't have coronavirus. Also, Tanya's partner, some call him her husband, it's unclear, but mm-hmm. they've been together a long time. His name is Lance O'Brien. And he said he was with her in her final moments. So it was her. It was pretty much confirmed by her publicist and her partner. So, and it's horrible because 
she wasn't sick leading up to her, you know, collapsing. And she was only 65. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, it was all this sadness. And then, but a, then a day later, TMZ reported that they heard from her publicist, Mike, who said that she didn't die. She was, she's not dead. Mm-hmm. And that she's still alive. And there was a mix up. And it gets messier. So Lance was doing an interview about Tanya's death with Inside Edition. Not the Today Show, not CNN, Inside Edition. Mm-hmm. And during the interview, he gets a call and he picks up and he's told that Tanya is alive. And he starts bawling and the camera is still on him. So it's very awkward. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I'm not trying to be shady, but he oh answered God. a landline. So <laughs> I'm like, who is giving someone breaking news on the home phone? Well, what other In phone? In 2021. Maybe Lance only has a landline. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. So, mm-hmm. um, and sadly, Tanya Roberts um, did end up dying a day later after it was reported she died. So both Lance, you know, her partner, and Mike, the publicist, have tried to clear up how this happened, like how this horrible, horrible mix-up happened. So Lance couldn't visit Tanya in the hospital for a while because of COVID restrictions. But because it seemed like she was going to pass soon, the hospital um, let him visit her on Sunday. Now, he says she was not responsive when he got there and she was on a ventilator. But like when he when he sat next to her, she sat up and opened her eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, he thought this was like a good sign. And, you know, he got the medical staff, but they told him it was a reflex. And then she like went out again, like she collapsed again. And Lance was upset and he left the hospital. And Mike, the publicist, picked him up from the hospital, and Lance told him that he had just said goodbye to Tanya. So then they drove home, and Lance said, you know, he was devastated and he was exhausted, so he went to sleep. And when he woke up, he saw the news on TMZ that she died, and he started getting all these calls. Right. So apparently, like, when Lance told Mike that he just said goodbye to Tanya, Mike took that as Tanya had passed, and so he put out a press release announcing her death. But Lance also said that he he did think she had died, which explains why he gave an interview to Inside Edition about her death. So it was apparently like a weird communication fuck-up. Yeah, it was like it was like saying like you're the best man and the person being like, I you want me to be your best man? At your wedding, like it was one of those kind of things. Yeah, it was. Where it was like sad I said, mix up. And... Yeah, it's like I said goodbye, but it's like okay, but when you said goodbye, like there needed to be, they needed to be more clear. Yeah, like the publicist probably jumped the gun. Like the publicist probably should have made sure, sure, because he's a publicist. Like twelve hours, just wait until the next day. Wait until yeah, you get the call from the doctor. Or, mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah. And it's just, like, it's such a tragic and weird story. Like, it's such a weird story. Like, mm-hmm. 2021 is going to be 2020 on drugs. The the worst kind of drugs. Not the good kind. No. It does feel like a very, um, it feels like a very, like, I loved that 70s show. So, what Lance did felt like a very Bob Pinciotti thing. Which I have was... no idea what that means. Okay, so Tanya Roberts played Midge. Yeah, who Donna's mom. Yeah. Donna's mom. She was the best. She was my favorite character on that show. Next to Lori um, Foreman. Also, uh, Lisa Robin Kelly, obviously gone too soon. Um, but it it's like, that's like a Bob thing to be like, not to not be like clear enough with what happened and then a mix up happening. What I'm trying to say is it, she, she shouldn't have gone out in like that seventies show gaff style. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But while 
Tanya Robbins can finally rest now. They should let her rest. Allison and I will now talk about five stories, starting with Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles. So in November, Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis announced that they were done after nine years together. They have two children, a six-year-old and a nine-year-old. Um, they apparently split up a few months before they announced it. So Olivia is currently directing and acting in a movie called Don't Worry, Darling. And Harry Styles from One Direction is the male lead. And over the weekend, they were at a small wedding in this pandemic. They were at a small wedding in uh, Montecito, California. And the paparazzi got pictures of them holding hands. People Magazine says that they've been dating for a few weeks and their friendship quickly turned into romance. And so Olivia's wild about Harry. And by the way, Olivia's 36 and Harry is 26. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really hope they confirm this because I love, I love a good celebrity couple name. And theirs absolutely should be Wild Styles. Yes. Even though they're not that wild, they're both a little bit boring, but I'm into Wild Styles. And I need to stress, if I'm putting that out there that I want it to be Wild Styles, I also need to put it out that I really don't want it to be something like Olivieri. Because in Canada, that's a pasta company. And all it does is make me think of raviolis. And then cheese. And then suddenly you're full of cheese again. Ooh, yum. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy for them, but really, like, Olivia and Harry didn't have to put this showmance together to get people to see their movie. Like, Harry apparently gets half naked in it, and his fans are rabid, right? So all Olivia had to do was, like, put the words, Harry Styles is half naked in this, on this poster, on a poster, and it would you know, be the biggest selling movie of the century. They didn't need a showmance to sell it. Just before Christmas, Zoe Kravitz filed for divorce from her husband of 18 months, Carl Glusman, and the news was announced on his birthday, Colt. But on that same day, Zoe also posted a meme on Instagram, which talked about taking out the trash. So they're split was probably messy. And the Instagram gossip account, Du Moi, heard that Zoe is dating an A-list movie actor and that the A-list movie actor isn't her Batman co-star, Robert Pattinson. That started the rumor that Zoe is dating Channing Tatum, which People Magazine denies. There's also a rumor that the A-list movie star that Zoe is dating is her other Batman co-star, Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. Um, I only have, I can't comment on who she's dating right now. If she's dating any of those people, congratulations to Zoe. Those are all great choices. Um, but there is a silver lining for Carl and it's that he no longer has to invest in industrial absorbency silico gel packets. He doesn't have to buy them in bulk anymore, Mm -hmm. which I assume he was buying in bulk to help him soak up all the moisture from sweating about being in a room with so many hot people at family holidays with Zoe and Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Bonet and Jason Momoa. Yeah, you're right. He's he's, he's going to save some money. Mm-hmm. Um, so the tip from Dumois also said that Zoe is dating an A-list movie actor who has a talent that you don't see in many actors. That was like the full tip. <laughs> what? <laughs> so... The Colin Farrell rumor like didn't make sense to me at first, mm-hmm. but then I realized that I've seen his sex tape, so I know what talent, extra talent, they're talking about. And you don't see that in many actors. Chris Pratt is married to Catherine Schwarzenegger, uh, and Catherine's father is obviously the Arnold Schwarzenegger, making Chris Pratt uh, Arnold's son-in-law. So Chris Pratt did a live Q&A for charity and asked Arnold to be a part of it. And when Arnold enters the chat, he said, Hello, Chris. Hey, Evans. how are you? Oh, no, Chris Evans, sorry. <laughs> I, I screw up this whole thing right from the beginning. <laughs> Chris Pratt. I mean, I should... I mean, to be fair, it's an honest mistake. 
we've all had Chris Evans on the brain since September. September, uh, what was the day that he accidentally leaked his own dick pic? From you then, don't have it tattooed day. to the inside of your eyelid. No, I'm so a lady. You can just I'm close your eyes and look at it. No, I'm a lady. I don't. I don't think of such things. Um, you just thought of it. <laughs> I know. I have to go and uh, talk to my talk to my priest. But yeah, he's got Chris Evans' dick pic on his iPhone wallpaper, like we all do. So, so for some good news. Chuck E. Cheese filed for bankruptcy in June. That's not the good news. Um, and it looked like, you know, we were so soon going to live in a world without, you know, a ball pit where you can get any disease imaginable. But um, thank God, because they announced that they have finished their financial restructuring. They've cleared more than $705 million in debt, and they will live on. So Chuck E. Cheese, the CEO, who isn't, you know, Chuck Entertainment Cheese, strangely <laughs> enough, someone else. He said that they look forward to beginning a new chapter as a stronger and healthier company. Healthier? Have they had their pizza? I mean, really, I'm glad that, you know, that dude is so positive. But Chuck E. Cheese is in for its greatest financial challenge yet, which is how are they going to find people who are willing to risk catching Corona for that pizza? Corona and diarrhea? I don't think children. So. <laughs> children will because right. I would have if I was a children. Child. Children love that pizza. They love the pizza made by the rat. Finally, uh, Megan McCain, the resident conservative and resident mess on the View, was off the show for a while because she had a baby. So she came back this week, and it was messiness as usual. Shit got you know messy on day two. So Joy Bayar was talking about how the Republicans are fighting and, you know, the party is in trouble, to which John McCain's daughter interrupted Joy and, you know, said that's not true. That's not completely true. You know, the Democrats are fighting, too, and that Joy missed fighting with her so much while she was on maternity leave. And Joy hit back with, I do not, I did not miss you. Zero. The idea that there isn't fighting so you, within the Democratic Party speaking. as well. I, I know I what was you're talking. saying. Right. I'm talking about, I'm talking okay. about somebody so much, has, yeah. Joy. You Traitors. missed me so much when I was on maternity leave. You missed me so much. You missed fighting with me. I did not. You miss fighting I did with not me. miss you. <laughs> okay, I, somebody oh let somebody answer can the I, question. Can I weigh in? Or I'm you know what? That's moving so nasty. on. I, I like to that's weigh like in. Yeah. So nasty. Can I weigh in? Okay, guys, guys. Like, hold on. Really? Hold on. Stop. Everybody stop. Meanwhile, the producers probably popped bottles of champagne and were like, Megan, we missed your drama that you bring so much. Yeah, they missed her. They popped the champagne and popped their panties. <laughs> And so Joy, like she has this world famous lasagna, right? And she gives it to some of the co-hosts. She and does? So Ma- yeah. Megan is going to get some, but it's probably going to have a special ingredient in it. It's show and tell time. This is where Allison and I share a recommendation to you. So my show and tell this week is another TV show. I'm always showing and telling. TV shows, but, but this one, Michael, that's helpful though, because what else do we have to do right now but stay inside and watch TV? Cry in the shower. Yeah, you got to alternate between the two, I guess. That's true. You need a break from that. Mm-hmm. So, but this TV show is right up there with um, "I May Destroy You," which was my favorite show of 2020. So, this is a Spanish show called Venino. It was a huge hit in Spain and is now on HBO Max. That's how you can watch it. Um, I'm only halfway through it, but it's a masterpiece. Okay. What's it about? So it tells the true story of La Venino, who she's an icon in Spain. She's considered Spain's most famous transgender woman and most famous sex worker. Mm -hmm. Uh, She became famous after a reporter interviewed her while she was turning tricks. Mm -hmm. And she was on this trashy talk show. And she became a star. Like, people ate her up. So, like, the show goes back and forth between La Venino's past and her current life. Well, current life in the show. So, it shows her childhood, her teenage years, her move to Spain, 
her transition, you know, getting into sex work and on and on. And there's also a second story about this student, like who's a huge fan of La Veninos and is writing her memoirs. And, you know, and from being around like La Venino and the other trans woman, she she realizes that she, you know, who she is and she begins to transition and come into her own. So that there's that story as well. So, it, I mean, it has it all, this show. It has all, it's like, it's funny. It has glamour. It has beauty. It's sad. It's poignant. I mean, it's very well done. And is it, okay, so it's all acting. Is any of it documentary? No. Okay. But I believe that some of the, like, uh, La Venino's friends, uh-huh. at least one is played by the actual person. That's very cool. And yeah. is La Venino, is she alive still? Do you want me to give it away? Oh, no. Oh, Michael. <laughs> no, don't give it away. No, I won't give it away. Okay. But, um, yeah. But, yeah, I can't. And and it has a dick. What? So I don't need to sell it past that. Yeah. You, honestly, you don't. Like, you had me already, but the fact that we might see a penis or two. I guess. Well, you won't, Allison. You're a lady. You don't watch such things. I'll cover my, I'll cover my eyes with, like, you know, two of my fingers kind of cracked open a little bit. Just to catch a tiny little peek. <laughs> so my show and tell is different. Mine is actually a really good companion for um, Venino. I like in terms of something to do while you're watching um, the story of La Venino. So my show and tell is um, Seas Chocolates, which is not like if you grew up in like California, I'm not showing you, I'm not telling you anything. You already know what Seas yeah, Chocolates it's in, is. I shit it out, basically. Mm-hmm. And like, fun fact, my aunt, she worked at the Seas Candy Factory because it's yeah. LA based. Get out, Michael. Did she really for how long? That I don't. We can have her as a special guest next oh my week. God. And I she'll have... tell us all about working at the Seas Candy Factory. I'm for real right now. I have so many questions to ask her. Like, I... I'm legitimately excited. Pass her number on to me. But that's <laughs> not, but that's not what the show and tell is. That'll be another show and tell. So the reason that Seas Chocolates is my show and tell is I first had Seas Chocolates, um, like, I think it was maybe on my first trip to um, Los Angeles, which was about nine years ago. Yeah, and they have I, it at the airport. Like, they yes. have kiosks at the airport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're, yeah, they've got, like, a kiosk in the Las Vegas airport, I think. They're so good. So I became, like, completely obsessed with them. And every time I would go to California, I would get as much as I could. And, like, then my family, like, realized how much I liked C's. And so, like, I have um, family that lives in the, uh, lives in the U.S. So, like, they would bring me C's and stuff. Anyways, I'm, like, completely, I'm obsessed. But this year for Christmas... I got um, a tin of C's chocolates in a really festive Christmas tin, which of course I'm saving. And I'm going to put sewing. Your sewing kit. It'll be your sewing Mm. tin. Of course. And then I also got on Christmas morning, I unwrapped a two pound box of assorted C's chocolates. And so the tin, by the way, was about one pound. Um, So since like, I think I opened up my tin December 1st. So between December 1st and now, I've eaten three pounds of chocolate from Seas. Do you still and have some? I've got three pieces left. I'm saving my I'm favorites. Because when I was a kid, like my mom would, you know, she would get the two pound yeah. boxes from like work because, you know, someone would give it to her. Right. Et cetera. You know, as a gift, we would go through it probably like in a couple days. That's me when I first open it up. I'm just eating it constantly. But then once yeah, the you reality, restrained yourself. I have nothing but self control. But like, <laughs> but it's knowing that I can't get it in Canada. Like, I can't even. Here's how obsessed I got. So I live. Obviously, I've mentioned a million times. I live in Toronto. It's easy for me to go across the border to Michigan or New York, right? I have done so many Google searches about where I can get C's in Michigan and New York. Guess what? Nowhere. Can't find it anywhere. So the person who got me my C's ordered it and had it sent to Canada, which they can do. So you can. Buy C's online, have it sent to your house. They ship. The shipping is stupid expensive. It is as much as the chocolates, maybe more, but it's completely worth it. And so if like if you have never had C's before, 
you live in Canada or you like live in a part of the United States that doesn't have seas, I mean, just treat yourself to it. 2020 was a shitty year. 2021, not that much of a change. So if you're like feeling down, I strongly suggest you order some. And also 2021 is the 100 year anniversary of C's. It's from when Mary C first started her chocolate company, which is very, it's very cute. I love it. I love it so much. It's one of my favorite things in this whole world. What's your favorite one? Oh, that, okay. This is my Sophie's choice because I truly can't pick between these two. It's Scotch Mallow with the dark, okay. dark chocolate on the outside and Milk Bordeaux, which, you know, that's the one that's like a circle with all the like jimmies on the outside of it. Yeah. I can't be, pick between those. Those are the two that are still left in the box. That is I'm there saving. one you do not like? Like the one where you'll take a bite out and put it back in the box? Yes. It's the one where it's like, it's like a nougat with nuts and rum flavoring. Yeah, I know that one. You know, I don't, don't like the rum like one. one. Okay, which one do you like, Mike? What's your favorite? I don't, I mean, I like all the nuts and chews. I like all the nuts, basically, because I like nuts. But I like all the, <laughs> you know, the nuts and chews. That I'll, I mean, I'll eat them all. I Honestly, I'll eat the nasty ones, too. You'll even eat the nasty-ass rum ones? Yeah, so when someone like, will, like, take a bite and put it back in the box, I'll, you know, well, not now we're in coronavirus, so I can't eat people's saliva. I know. But <laughs> I still... But you would, know what? <laughs> I've, I literally have three half-bitten ones left in my box right now, and I was going to be like, I'll send them to you. No. Yeah, send them to me, and I'll, I'll, I'll dip them in Purell, and then I'll eat them. That'll be fine. That'll be fine. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> okay, so that ends this first episode of the year. If you've got a question for our mailbag, any question, email us at dtp at delisted.com. And Allison... May we never talk about Hilaria Baldwin again. Cut to... Tune in in next week. (laughs) Check out our Patreon, where we do a 30-part series. (laughs) Yeah, it's our serial. Till next week. Bye. Bye.